All right, what up, everybody? We're back. Yes. Uh, we are the Millennial Amarine Podcast, and this is another edition of uh, Storytime. That's right. That's right. This one is called FML. Um, the idea was um, actually uh, there was somebody I knew up in Flag that uh, would always go, Marsha, 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 whenever he didn't get his own way kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was really funny um, and oddly off-putting as well. But um point is, is that uh, him doing that actually inspired a story um, in which I wondered what would happen if um, the Antichrist and Jesus were brothers but it was told from the middle brother's perspective. So from Marsha's perspective in a exponentially more messed up situation. Um, Jan's perspective. Right. So, oh yeah, from Jan's perspective. Jan, so um, the Brady Bunch, Jan's the middle child. She's the one who says Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. But, uh, hold on. My, my, uh, my thing messed up. So. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Give me a second here. Dude, I used to watch Brady Bunch all the time back in the day. Did you watch that as a kid? Um, no, I was I was never a huge um, uh, fan of the Brady Bunch. Really? Um, I don't know anything that wholesome kind of makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I don't have a better way to way to phrase that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's just. Anything like that nice, just, yeah. I just remember it was on TV Land, and I used to watch TV Land a lot. Like, I, I really watched all those old, uh, like, I Dream a Genie and, like, those shows that were on TV Land back in the day. Okay, that and makes sense. Brady Bunch was always on, too. So I'd always watch episodes of that. Apparently, I didn't actually finish this, like, um... Uh podcast version Dude, I fucking did it again. what'd you do yeah maybe you should turn that on all right so let me just fix this real quick and we'll be good i'm fucking off my game today <laughs> jesus you know it happens man sometimes it's just you know it does happen uh what the fuck just happened here oh you're fine uh, so after this, we got uh, got some more cinema riddles and uh, some more top five lists to do. Yeah, pretty we, excited uh, about that. We've been wanting to do a uh, top five worst list, like the the worst movies um, that we uh, the worst movies that we ever thought like existed, kind of thing. But um, the problem is, is that we don't uh, we can't. There's been so many bad fucking movies that we just can't really uh, choose, I guess. Well, it's like for me, picking top five worst movies, it's like. Like, I know four of mine. Like, I gotta hate it. Yeah, I know four of mine without a doubt. And one of those makes the list because it was the first time I've ever been offended. And I actually had to ask somebody what I was feeling because I didn't understand because 
I was like, no way, something offended you. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and I don't believe that. A movie actually offended me. I don't believe that for a second. Um, and I actually had to ask what the feeling was because I didn't understand. I was like, I don't know what this is. I was like, I'm like, I'm like enraged. I'm like, I just don't like. I was not okay with anything that happened, and I was confused. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Did they disrespect the military or something? No. Don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you because we got to wait till we make the actual list. But uh, but yeah, just deeply offended. One of mine is one I saw in theaters last year. So. Nice. Mine go a little further back. And it was genuinely like, do we leave or do we stay to find out what happened? You know what's funny? I've only walked out of two movies, and that was Hannibal and Josie and the Pussycats, and um, neither one of them are on the list. Like, these are the other ones are still that much worse, and I've walked out of those two. I've never walked out of a movie uh, as an adult, only just one when I was a teenager that I can... That I can, like, distinctly remember me and my friends stood up and were like, fuck this, like, we're leaving. Right. And that was that was Peter Pan. Nice. Oh, but, oh the Jeremy Sumter one? Yeah, yeah but yeah. it could have also just been, like, Teenage Rebellion, like, we're too cool for this movie. Oh, that's fair. Um, so. I get that. All right, we're, uh, we're ready now. So, here we go. Dive right in. All right, so this is FML. My name is Liam Christensen, and I don't matter. It's a sad fact, but it's true. I'm not going to tell you my story because no one wants to read something that boring. I'm going to tell you about my brothers. I'm the middle child. The eldest is Damian Annie Christensen. The baby of our bunch is Jesus Horatio Christensen. Damian, the Antichrist, and Jesus H. Christ. Fuck my life. My parents are not particularly funny people. In fact, they both have doctorates in psychology, and I'm fairly certain they've never done research on the sense of humor. They believe in placebo effects, classical and operant conditioning, and the need to see Freud immortalized. I hate to say it, but my brothers were just one more experiment. An experiment that went entirely wrong. I was born in 1981. That was two years after Damien. He took to his name... Damien would kill, sometimes only maim, strained animals. When I was three, this is my first real memory, I found him nailing a squirrel to a tree. Its limbs were spread wide and he was nailing it upside down. He grinned at me, and I saw blood, fur, and stringy muscle hanging from between his teeth and noticed there was a large chunk missing from the squirrel's stomach. It wasn't the intestines spilling out that bothered me or even the miscellaneous gore that seemed to all be the wrong color. They did, but I'm saying it wasn't the part that stuck in my mind the most. It was the single long stream of blood that rolled down the tree and flowed between the toes of Damien's bare foot. I hated him for a long time for that. The year was 1983. This was a year prior to my first memory, and the year Jesus was born. I'd like to think at this point that my parents were no longer experimenting, And I don't mean they shot us up with crazy drugs or anything, but my brothers were named with purpose. I say I'd like to think that because I'm not entirely sure I do. I want to believe they realized the monster they created with Damien, and they were hoping to counteract that by making a new son. A better son. The son. Jesus was scrawny. My parents babied him, but I think all parents baby their youngest. I think maybe they do this because it's their last chance to not send a little asshole out into the world, but... Who knows? Jesus was two when he started with the miracles. That was fucking irritating. There's nothing quite so humiliating, 
belittling, embarrassing. I'm not sure any of these are the word I'm looking for, but they are probably all close. As seeing your little brother take his first steps on water. However, when he turned the apple juice in his sippy cup into wine, got drunk and knocked himself out by running into the front door, he couldn't help but be left with a grin. He didn't do the miracles all at once. And for the most part, I don't think he really knew what he was doing until he was six, maybe seven. Our parents were flabbergasted. They had attempted to turn their children into lab rats, but instead birthed the Savior and Antichrist into the world. Damien had powers too, though I'm not certain he knew this until after he saw what Jesus could do. Side note, I saw a comic that joked about what the brother of Christ was like. Oh, fuck that guy. I'm sandwiched between the ultimate evil and the king of altruism. you have any idea how masculine that is? It's like me. Hey, Mom, I got an A in geometry. Mom, that's nice, honey. Me, where are the other two? Mom, well, Damien sent a swarm of deadly wasps towards the neighbor's barbecue, but Jesus stood in the way and the wasps covered him. Me, you gotta be shitting me. Mom, no, but don't worry, because when Jesus walked through the sprinkler, the wasps all died. Me. Fuck. Not all my memories are of my brothers being, what's the best word? I guess cocksuckers will do for now. In high school, Damien was sort of my protector. He pretty much ran the school as a junior. It was because one of the powers that he had developed first was the power of persuasion. He could suggest things and people had to do them. I seemed to be immune. Not sure why, really. Maybe because we shared blood. I was a freshman and seemed to be prone to getting shot in lockers, getting swirlies, or just in general, my face was a magnet for fists. I'm sure it was my sunny disposition. One time in particular, and after I tell you this, you'll understand why it sticks in my head, I remember Damien saving me. There were three guys. They might have been jocks, but honestly, it doesn't matter. They were bigger than me and Complete douchebags. Uh, for the sake of conversation, though, we'll call them Jock 1, 2, and 3. Jock 1 thought it would be a good idea to hold my head underwater in the school pool to see how long it would take for somebody to pass out. His cohorts agreed this was a great idea. 2 and 3 grabbed my arms, and 1 held my head down. It's odd the things you think you see when you're about to die, but it turns out my hallucinations were real. It started with black dots coming into my field of vision, then I felt my left arm release, and it seemed like the water turned red all around me. I thought maybe my brain had hemorrhaged, you know, due to a lack of oxygen. It was Jock too. He floated past me and I could see he was missing an ear. My right arm was released and the water turned an odd black color. By now I just assumed I was making things up in my mind. I was wrong. Jock 3 hit the water on my other side. His skin and clothing were charred black. He received second-degree burns, some third, and his genes were fused to his body. He told the paramedics later he'd been playing with matches. That was Damien's suggestion. What happened was that Damien had snatched him off of me, looked him in the eyes, and said, Burn. I pictured him hissing the words, and Jock 3 had spontaneously combusted. Then I was out of the water, lying on the deck of the pool. I was coughing and sputtering. Apparently, I had attempted briefly to breathe like a fish. Didn't work. I looked over and saw Damien in front of Jock 1. Damien said, Choke yourself. Jock 1's hand latched onto his throat. His face turned red and an oddly violet color. He fell to his knees and Damien said, Release. Stand. 
Jock One complied. Piss yourself, Damien said. He looked back at me. I gave him a nod. I meant the nod to mean thanks. He clearly took it to mean go on. Suck your thumb. Cry, Damien said. I could hear the smile in his words. I was just held underwater and nearly drowned, yet that moment I felt bad for the kid. Walk through the halls like this. Damien spat, and Jock One left the room crying, sucking his thumb, and leaving piss footprints across the checkered tiled floor. Damien helped me to my feet. That was a little extreme. I croaked out. He looked at me and gave me the second softest smile he'd ever give me. Nobody hurts you. You're my brother. You'll learn. They did. Jesus helped me in elementary school. I was picked on a lot. I've debated why over the years and have come to two possible reasons. One, I just have a face that says please fuck with me whenever possible. Or two, people couldn't fuck with my brothers, but they could get to me. I was in sixth grade and about to graduate elementary school, which for the record is the same as getting a trophy for participation, which is useless. My class had a pet hamster. His name was Jesse James. Not my choice. A bully. By bully, I mean a kid so fat that you couldn't fuck with him because where would you hit him? Stomped on Jesse. I didn't think. I hit the kid. Lewis Feldman in the face with Jesse's cage. There was blood. Maybe a lot, but I didn't care. After that fat fuck fell, I couldn't take my eyes off Jesse. Here's a history lesson about me. People irritate me. Animals I love. Jesse was broken. Not going to describe it here because it still hurts. But I loved him, and he was gone. I began to cry. I was inconsolable. Jesus walked into the classroom, and everyone parted so he could walk to me. There's still time, he whispered to me. I almost hit him. I was mad. I think maybe at everyone, but really just myself. Jesse'd been killed on my watch. It was my week to take care of him, and I let him be murdered. Instead of... Hitting Jesus, I reached down and scooped up Jesse. I held him in my arms. Jesus put my, put his fingers over my eyes and closed my eyelids. Tears can be a healing thing. He never explained. I think he gave me a little of his power that day. My tears hit Jesse and I felt him twitch. I wanted to open my eyes, but I didn't dare. I could feel him breathing. His heartbeat was strong in my hands. I opened my eyes and hugged Jesse. He was alive. Jesus touched Lewis, the fat, worthless piece of shit, Feldman's face, and he stopped bleeding. You deserved worse, but sometimes forgiveness hurts more, Jesus said and walked out. Like I said, I was in sixth grade, but Jesus was in fourth. Kids shouldn't be allowed to be kids. They shouldn't have to grow up that fast. When Damien was 18, he left home. I was 16 and excited to have a driver's license. Damien started a cult. First two cults he started didn't go well. Perhaps I'm understating this because of the love I have for my brother, so allow me to alter my previous statement. The first cult worshipped some shit about stars, I think, and it ended poorly, resulting in the death of 12 people. The second cult, however, was much grander, more grand, grandiose. Ah, fuck it. It was pretty and big. He had nearly 300 followers. The result of this one was catastrophic and brought Damien's existence to the forefront of the news. See, Damien is mean-spirited, but I think he may have liked these people at one point. He'd created a large, self-sufficient commune for them in Ankeny, Iowa. It was kind of a redneck city, 
city being a term used to express populations, not status. Just outside the capital, where everyone became extremely excited when the first Walmart showed up. The commune needed oil, but nothing else. Everything else they needed was grown, bred, or created there. The commune existed for nearly five years until 2003. The date was November 16th, and Ankeny was wiped off the map. Damien had his underlings keeping their oil supplies in underground tunnels that were spread out around the city, underneath the city. You see where I'm going with this? Maybe I should explain something first. Damien's followers were idiots, or idiots, in the Iowa tongue. Not all of them, mind you, but most of them had a few too many toys in the attic. Their elevator didn't go to the top. Two points shy of a safety, few beers short of a six-pack, and my all-time favorite, their wheel was spinning but the hamster's dead. While digging one of the tunnels, they hit a methane pocket, and one of them lit a match to see where the smell was coming from. Idgets. The tunnels all ignited almost instantly, and the oil burned. The city crumbled and fell in on itself. The news crews showed almost immediately. The government labeled Ankeny a no-fly zone due to the overabundance of smoke and the seeming lack of causation. But the news crews buzzed around the borders of the city in their helicopters. That's when the whole world saw him. Fucking Damien. He came strolling right out of the middle of the wasteland. He was wearing a white suit that wasn't dirty, despite the fact that he was coming out of a 20-mile radius of ash with a light pink shirt. He tucked a rose into his lapel as he strolled into the arms of a waiting military. At the time of the 2002 census, the population of Ankeny, Iowa was 24,562 and had 300 first followers. As of the day of Damien, November 16, 2003, the population was zero. Our parents were chastised for raising a monster. They attempted to explain that he was born that way. This started the nature versus nurture argument once again. Nature said he was a born psychopath. Nurture said he was given the name of the supposed Antichrist and thus took on the role. However, no one pointed out that he had powers that were not explainable by nature. People overlook what they don't wish to understand. Now... I don't want this story to seem one-sided. Jesus was just as much a pain in my ass as Damien. Jesus was 19 when that Ankeny shit went down. I was kind of hoping that he'd just vanish around the age of 12 and I wouldn't have to deal with him again until he was 35, but luck seems to only favor alcoholics and the criminally stupid. He went. On, we went on a road trip. I had college classes. I was dual majoring in English and theology because... I figured I was a shoo-in for theology since the Savior was my little bro, but the family drugged me along. Ground Zero was, I want to say that it was appalling or heart-wrenching or that it changed my life forever, but honestly, it was just embarrassing. I mean, Damien is my brother, good or bad, heavenly or pure evil, he's still my big brother. I was looking at a fuck-up of biblical proportions, and if you'll excuse the pun, and Jesus starts walking. There was a barricade set up, and soldiers drew their weapons, but then lowered them when my little bro lifted his hands. He walked on, and I ran to catch up with him. What in the red dog-eared fuck are you doing? I asked him this as we continued in toward the center of the barren, ashy wasteland. You curse oddly. I was trying out a new one. Guess it didn't work, but you still need to answer my question. I was trying not to get pissed at him. You have to understand, this is Jesus, the second coming of the Lord and the Savior, but he was also my little brother. I may be able to help. I sighed and he led the way. 
We stopped, and Jesus began to look around. This is the center. I looked at him, but I could see nothing but debris and ruination in every direction. I think it was then that I truly understood what Damien had done. You can't know that. I said to him. He lowered his eyebrows and gave me a look that said, Come on, bro. I'm Jesus. But he didn't say anything. You should have stayed at the barricade. Seriously? You couldn't have mentioned this like 20 miles ago? Like, hey man, I'm about to do some stupid shit. Stay back. Jesus didn't speak. He slowly lifted his arms. I could feel power radiating from him. It quickened my pulse and made my joints ache. He raised his arms out to the sides and things began to shake. Ground vibrated and the ash that was buildings, homes, pets, and people began to rise into the air. Should I duck or something? Maybe put my ass in the air like in a lightning storm? Again, my pious little bro said nothing. I sat down next to his legs. The ash began to whirl and close in on us. I think this was when I thought for the first time, though it was fleeting, that maybe my brothers weren't the Savior and Antichrist, but instead just superhuman. This thought... This thought was gone long before it could process, mainly because I realized I was in the epicenter of a miracle. That ash began to change color. It went black to gray, then brown and green. Trees formed in the whirlwind. Je Jesus brought his arms in close, and things came to life in, in that funnel. He threw his arms out to their sides, and the trees and grass, homes and gardens, and even that fucking Walmart sprang back into place. He fell to his knees. I'm tired, he said and collapsed on the ground. That seems weird. It's not like you did anything today. I said and laughed down at him. I think for a moment he was going to flip me off. I could be wrong. That's the thing about Jesus. He was human too. But instead he fell in my arms. Help me up, please. I grabbed him like a sack of potatoes, lifted him into a fireman's carry. His head was over my left shoulder and his feet dangled over my right. I began walking back to the barricade. It was only 20 miles or so. I'm not carrying you the whole way. Where are all the people? I did not bring them back. We came all the way out here for trees and shit. We came out here to fix some of the damage our brother caused. I did not bring them back for two reasons. The first being that using my powers to restore human life seems grossly overstepping my boundaries because they now belong to the father. I thought you were the father. That seems illogical. Semantics. The second reason is that this world needs to remember what Damien has done here. He's our brother, but he's an evil this world has not yet known. I hope I never have kids. You two would be really shitty uncles. Damien was briefly questioned by each of the alphabet agencies, but then released. If you've been paying attention, you'll remember Damien had certain, uh, shit, powers? I hate using the word powers again because it makes me feel like I grew up with the X-Men, but it's the right word. Damien could coerce people. It was subtle, but it was though he had a calming effect. A placidity would come over them, and then they would make whatever decision best suited him. In the case of the jocks by the pool in high school, that decision was to leave me alone, ultimately. But in the case of Ankeny, that decision was to just forget it and let it move on. Jesus went on to run a church. I know. You're shocked. It's a revelation. Sorry again, but these religious puns are way too easy. Now, I said a church, but once more, I am understating. He began a church that had roughly 100 par parishioners. 
and one building. He now is the head of a church that has a population of roughly 40,000. I wish that was understating. It is is where Rogers, Arkansas used to be. I say used to be, much like Vatican City, my little bro's church is now its own state within Arkansas. His state is called Thepiopol. It's spelled the people. It's funny. I asked him once why he picked Rogers. He said because he liked their fountain. I've never visited, so I still have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Damien traveled the globe for a while. Italy, Japan, Australia, Korea, only south. And even stopped off in Guam, which he described as Hawaii at a third of the price. He came back to the States in 09 or maybe 2010. I don't know anymore. I do, however, know that when he came back, he took over a portion of South Dakota. By a portion, I mean he took over Pierre, South Dakota, the capital. It took about an hour to get through, but I called him one day. Liam, he said jovially enough, but there was a slight tone of irritation below his greeting. Hi, Damien. What have I done to hear from my little brother? You mean other than take over the capital of South Dakota? I asked. I laid the sarcasm on thick. He was never slow, but had been deliberately obtuse a time or two. They were just going to have fucking farmer's markets and shit here, so why not? Besides, South Dakota, most people forget this is even a state. I actually thought this was a fair observation. I forgot about the Dakotas and Rhode Island all the time. Are you going to level it? Always so judgy. No, I'm not going to level it. I've started a church. At church, my disbelief was imminent, but I was at least trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, I suppose church is a loose term, maybe anti-church, but that sends the wrong connotations. What are the right connotations? Damien giggled softly. I hated that sound. If a laugh can be described as a titter, then you're laughing wrong. That people aren't here to worship and pray. I pictured him saying pray with an E, not an A. People do come here to worship and pray, but their prayers are just shot a little south of heaven. Does it hurt when you say heaven? Look, never mind. Mom wants to know if you're coming to Thanksgiving. Is JC coming? His tone was inquisitive, but he seemed almost excited. Well, she's trying to get the whole family together. I felt like I could hear him plotting on the other end of the phone. I'll be there. Our parents do really seem to be nice people, don't they? You are awkward and you make me uncomfortable. See you on Turkey Day. I hung up. Now, I say to you, fuck Thanksgiving. Mom woke up by dropping a glass serving dish on the kitchen floor at 645. I came out to see what was happening and found her cleaning up a weird mixture of glass, yams, and blood. Felt bad for her then. It was brief. I felt bad nonetheless. She was stooped over the yams and crying behind her half-inch thick glasses. Dad didn't help. He was fat and asleep in an old recliner. It was the kind of recliner where the leather was so old it was splitting and would cut you if you didn't know exactly how to sit in it. There was blood on her apron. I told her to go back to what she was doing. I cleaned up the mess because I figured sleep wasn't going to help today anyway. I think seeing my parents like this so... not there helped me i knew we were an experiment but at least they weren't actively pushing us to what we became they had kids 
And that was that. It was sad to know I was excited that my parents had relatively no part in our upbringing. At least they hadn't created us maliciously. Jesus showed up around 10, and surprise, surprise, he brought yams because he was a kiss-ass and yams are what mom needed. Damien showed up at 12.30ish. He brought deviled eggs and wondered why none of us found this funny. He sat down to watch football with dad. And 3 o'clock hit dinner, a.k.a. feeding time at the zoo. So my clusterfuck of a family sat down to a nice dinner prepared by my mother. Aren't we going to say grace? Jesus asked. I was impressed. Figured it would take at least till second helpings before the war began. Your, your father and I don't want to take sides, dear, our mother said. She blinked and it seemed beyond magnified beyond her, behind her lenses. Damien laughed silently and stuck his tongue out at Jesus. Don't stick your tongue out at Jesus, Damien. He is your brother and we will have civility in this household. Get your brothers under control, Liam, my father said. It may have been the longest speech I ever heard him make. Will you pass the turkey? I asked. I was ignoring my father's comment. I knew I was supposed to be the control group of this little experiment. The one that was named for no one. But it didn't mean I had to be wrangler for my brothers. I feel like we shouldn't have killed a turkey for our family meal, Jesus said. Is that a no? I'm hungry. I said Jesus was going to make this awkward. Pass the turkey. I'm a vegetarian. Didn't, didn't God put your padre... Your padre put these animals on the earth for us to eat. Damien asked this with a sly smile. I realized I had just started the fight. I just wanted some fucking turkey. When it was the most abundant option for food, it made sense. But now it seems quite barbaric, Jesus retorted. Then he reached out and touched the turkey. It sat up, its limbs began to grow back, and I guess it began to uncook itself. Feathers started to sprout from the carcass. Damien smiled at Jesus. I didn't like that smile then. I wouldn't like it now. That isn't a decision you get to make for us, little bro. Damien said. His eyes quite literally seemed to burn. He reached out and touched the turkey. It burst into flames and charbroiled itself once again. Jesus reached out for the turkey. I snatched his arm and Damien smiled at me. Don't fucking smile at me. I spit at him. My parents sat there wide-eyed in terror. The smile melted from Damien's lips. Jesus even looked a little shocked. I released his arms. I'm tired. I'm tired of this feud. I'm tired of you two acting the parts of Savior and Anti-Savior. I'm tired of being related to two of the biggest, most pompous, arrogant assholes I've ever met. They both looked hurt, but there wasn't a whole lot of giving a fuck coming from my spot at the table. Mom wanted to have dinner together. As a family, I wanted to see my brothers. Not the two people you pretend to be, but my fucking brothers. I stood up from the table. I was furious. I just wanted some, something, some, something fucking normal in my life. I'm done with you. I threw my napkin on the table and I left. I was sitting on a bench in the park when they found me. I'd been there for about an hour or so at least. I'd had time to calm down. What do you mean pretend to be? Damien asked. I looked at him to see my brothers coming over to the bench. They took a seat on either side of me. I'm sorry, I said, though to be fair, I wasn't. Not really. You aren't sorry, said Jesus. He could read people pretty well. What did you mean pretend to be? I wondered if this was the part they'd hear out of all of it, but then again, they were together and not fighting. Maybe they'd heard all of what I had to say. I mean, 
I trailed off inside. I don't want him to flip out, but I had to tell him. You aren't the Antichrist, I said, looking at Damien. And you aren't the Savior. I watched their faces as they took in what I was saying. Neither of them looked particularly shocked. Elaborate, please, Damien said. I could hear more shock in his voice than was written on his face. I mean, I know you both have certain abilities. However, I think that was just kind of dumb luck. I think you both took to your names. Damien, you can start fires, manipulate minds. But you really aren't evil. You're just playing the hand mom and dad dealt you. And Jesus, you aren't the savior just because mom and dad named you Jesus. If that was the case, do you know how many Mexicans would be able to walk on water? I stopped for a second, more to catch my breath than for effect. But it was serving both purposes. Damien, you did evil shit growing up. I made the little quotes signs in the air and Damien laughed a little to himself. But most of the shit you did, other than the squirrel was normal shit any kid would do. What about the wasps? Jesus asked. I could tell he was genuinely curious what I had to say and not just picking at Damien. I'd chalk that up to stupid shit kids do too, but kids with certain powers. I looked at them both, back and forth like a therapist version of a tennis match. Does this make sense? Jesus nodded his head. Why, why do you think you didn't get powers? I mean, Damien and I... He lowered his head a little. I, I guess I did too. We, we both made fun of you. I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but why do you think it skipped you? I laughed a little. God hates me? Jesus glared. Sorry, it was a bad joke. I know I didn't get a special name because I was meant to be a control. The neutral in the experiment. But if you were given powers by a higher power, well, maybe I was left normal to help keep you two grounded if you two believers the opposites then maybe i was supposed to be the non-believer damien said so you don't think we're special what i think you two are extremely special You're my brothers but i paused because i was looking for a nice way to say my thought but i couldn't find one you're special like a couple of retarded kids asshole Damien said, but there was a slight smile on his lips. That is just rude, Jesus said. You should say special needs. Damien and I both glared at him for a second on that one. Fine, special needs. But I'm serious. When a special needs kid gets a new toy, they don't always understand exactly what it's used for or what to do with it. So what do they do? They look to someone else for an example. You two were born with absurd powers, but you had no idea what to do with them. Your name is Damien. So you look to your quote-unquote father to find out what to do with your powers. Your name is Jesus, and you look to your father. Shit, we're retarded kids, Damien said. Yes, I agreed. No, we're just born a little different and without proper role models because our parents chose to remain neutral in our upbringing. Jesus said this with a pompous air about him. We were all silent for a moment. Damien broke the silence. So the moral of the story is... Jesus smiled and looked at him expectantly. I think he may have been hoping for once that Damien might take things seriously. Unfortunately, this was Damien. We're retards, and our parents are assholes. Yes, I agreed. Jesus threw up his hands in defeat. We all laughed. It's been 10 years since I wrote those last words. We all laughed. And they look like silly words now. Cheesy. It was true. It all happened. 
uh, writing this was an exercise given to me by my therapist. He didn't approve of me saying I didn't matter or my multiple uses of the word retard, but I figured, fuck him, it's my journal. Um, I debated for a long time whether to add this part to the story or not. It had such a happy ending before. I debated, but ultimately decided that if one day someone reads this, they should have the whole story. My brothers are dead. My brothers were killed. I like to blame my parents because ultimately they started this whole shit fit, but I can't. My brothers played the parts they were dealt, but the problem was they played them very well. Damien was killed in an accident. It's funny, even as I sit here and write this, I want to make quotation marks in the air. I remember Damien laughing at them that day on the bench. By accident, I mean that Damien was poisoned. Damien died because he used to eat sunflower seeds all day and all night. The kind without the shells. I don't think he even tasted them. Just threw handfuls into his mouth as a way of occupying time. One day, he somehow ate apple seeds all day instead. You see, apple seeds contain trace amounts of cyanide. Not harmful if you eat a few, but... If you eat them by the handful, then you're a little on the fucked side. Jesus was killed by his followers. They got it in their minds that confession wasn't enough. They thought that if the son could die a second time for their sins, then that would, then they'd be truly saved. He was crucified. That was a year ago today. He was bled out by the very people who had come to believe in him. If I hadn't realized that he was... if. I hadn't realized that he wasn't the Jesus before that, then this would have sealed the deal. The original Jesus went willingly. My brother did not. He kicked and screamed. He cried and bled. My brother died painfully and alone. I tried to get to him, but they wouldn't let me through. Lucky for me, it was televised. That was sarcasm. I didn't watch it then, and I never will. I miss my brothers. I saw them in a dream last night. They told me they were both in heaven. I laughed. Damien told me he confessed everything to Jesus not even two days before he died. Jesus laughed and said it took almost four days to confess everything. They told me I'd be with them soon. I asked them how this was possible. They told me the rapture would occur today at precisely 3.16 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This irony, or maybe another religious pun, wasn't lost on me. I asked how I would get into heaven. Jesus smiled and said, I made the Antichrist confess his sins before because I loved him unconditionally. It's 3.15 now, and I miss them, and I'm so happy I can see them soon. But they better not be fucking with me. The end. That's awesome. Word. Um, so I, I messed up a few times in that one. Um, I don't know if it's because it's longer or what. What do you mean, like stumbled mm-hmm. on some words? Yeah, a little bit. That's okay. I think it happens. So, but uh, anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, FML. Hope you enjoyed John's. Uh, give you some background on John. He's uh, pretty familiar with the Bible. <laughs> he uh, used to teach Sunday school. Yeah. Helped teach Sunday school. I wasn't actually ever. He helped. He helped. I helped. He, he, helped. Teach. I helped teach. he spent some time in Sunday schools. Uh, yeah, not as a child learning. Mm-hmm. No, not not as no. I uh, I definitely did that. And uh, so, um, just for you know clarity, you know, he knows his shit. 
to be fair, on the biblical references. Which is weird, because I don't exactly seem like that guy. Nope. <laughs> you do so, not, sir. Yeah, so it's it's fine. It's fine. But anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, this has been uh, Storytime 4. Yep, number four. Nice. Nice. So uh, if you haven't, feel free to listen to the other three. Um, and... Uh, I guess we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Please hit that like and uh, subscribe and share button. We really appreciate it. Uh, All right, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace out, y'all.